We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant a church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. Let's get in the Word together. Uh, We've been in December. We've been calling it Good News, Great Joy. It's from Luke chapter 2 where the angel says that I'm bringing you good news of great joy. And all that we've been doing is we've been asking the question, hey, what's the good news? And how is it going to bring me great joy? So it's a review of the Gospel through Luke chapter 1 and 2. And we're seeing the applications of it in our lives and how it works itself out, like the Lewises said, in joy in their life. And Brian and Kristen, we have seen joy increase in your life. Your, your, your heart and love and your desire to cherish Jesus with your life has just brought all the boats up as the tide comes up. So thank you for that. The first week, we said that the good news is true and is intended to be shared. Last week, we studied how the good news is that, that the angel said, hey, Jesus' kingdom will never end. And so our perspective of Christmas went from, oh, a nice baby in a manger, to, oh my word, that was the ushering in of the king and the start of a very, very long plan called the kingdom. And today, we are going to see the theme of mercy. And so if you're taking notes, um, the title is, The Good News Provides Mercy. And what we're going to do as we trace this theme is that we're going to see that mercy is at the very heart of the gospel of God. And what we're going to do is we're going to see that Mary proclaimed it. We're going to start in chapter 1 with Mary. We're going to see that after Elizabeth gives birth to John the Baptist, that all of her friends gather around and they talk about how awesome God's mercy is. And then we're going to see in Zechariah towards the end of chapter 1, how He delights in mercy. And God shows us His salvation through His tender mercy. And it's going to lead us to the great Christmas story in chapter 2. So here we go. Let's pray one more time, and then we'll, we will dive into it together. So Father, we're asking You now, through Your Son and by Your Holy Spirit, to awaken our hearts to the truth of the gospel this morning. Lord, quicken our senses and draw us near to your very heart. Lord, December 18th, 2022 will never happen again. We'll never have this morning again. Once it's away from us, it'll be gone. And so would you, would you settle our hearts? Would you grant us peace? Would you even give us the great ability to focus on eternal truths? As I'm sure some of us are thinking through, um, oh, I'm behind on Christmas shopping, or maybe I need to buy this Christmas ham that I forgot about, or some other detail. Lord, would you help us now 
fall in love and grow deeper with your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Are you ready? Point number one, mercy is for those who fear him. So here's the story of Mary. So Mary, when she found out she was pregnant, she went to go see uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Okay, And Mary walks up to, to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth shouts for joy. She recognizes that something special is happening. Okay, Meet me in verse, uh, verse, what is it? 42. Watch, watch uh, Elizabeth's words that just come out of her mouth. Chapter 1, 42, Elizabeth says, Why blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Isn't that beautiful? Elizabeth has such a humble attitude. This attitude of, why me? Why do I get to see this? I'm so undeserving. This moment is special for my wife and I when we... um, when we found out we were pregnant with Addie, um, we went to um, the movie theaters and saw the nativity story uh, in the theaters. And since then, it's been a tradition of our family. And there's this awesome moment in there. They captured it so well. This is now Hannah, about you know nine, eight, nine months pregnant. We're watching this movie. We see Elizabeth meet Mary in the cornfields. And Elizabeth says this. And um, John the Baptist leaps in her womb. And they're experiencing so much joy, right? And we just look at each other and we're like, oh. we, we just saw the Christmas story with such fresh eyes because Hannah was pregnant, right? And ever since then, we've, we've watched that, that movie every year. And especially that part we've just cherished. Those two women erupt with praise. Watch Mary in her, what is called the Magnificat, just pour forth songs of praise to God. Starts in verse 46. Uh, It's traditionally called the Magnificat because it's like Mary takes a magnifying glass. She, She magnifies God with his character. And so in 46, he she calls him my savior to show that. That, that, she, that she has a, an intimate acquaintance. This is not some God who's distant. In 47, her spirit rejoices that, that God is her Savior, and that's a fact, that she needs Him. She spoke of her faithfulness in 48, power in 49, holiness in 49, and then watch this in 50. Let, let, let your eyes just land there. There we see she celebrates the mercy of God. Let me read it for you. It says, And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This theme of mercy has gripped me this week. I've never seen it so clearly. And I just hope that you walk away today magnifying the mercy of God in the Christmas story. Ladies, listen up, okay? Um, When I was in college... I had a wrestler friend. Anyone have a, have a wrestler friend? Wrestler friends love to? They, that's right, they love to wrestle. And I had this friend in college, 
every night, we, we lived in Scott Hall and in Miami University, and he would knock on the doors of all the hall, and he would go, hello, does anyone want to wrestle? <laughs> hello, anyone want to? No, go home. No, stay in your room, right? And, and like there was a couple guys who like had the pride, like I think I can take on this wrestler, okay? And um, I, I took part like maybe once or twice, but this guy, gifted wrestler, always ended the wrestling matches with this certain move where he would hook his ankles to yours, he would take your wrists and slam them in the ground, and then he would look at you just like that. And he would do it. He loved being awkward like that. And he, and he would go, mercy, mercy, mercy. And he would just be spread like this. And you, you just have to say mercy, and it would stop. Okay? That's all you'd have to say. Just mercy, mercy. It was so hard for us guys to say mercy, right? But no, I can kill all this. Mercy. Mercy has this idea that that you just want something that is coming your way to stop. And for the one who has the ability to, to stop it, mercy is the kindness to withhold suffering <laughs> towards the individual in that case. And so how this relates to our relationship with the Lord is so tremendous. So check this out. Mercy You've probably heard it defined like this. I think it's really helpful. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And so if you're ever thinking about the difference between mercy and grace, grace would be getting what you deserve. What you don't deserve, forgive me. Getting what you don't deserve. So mercy, not getting what you deserve, and to be totally like forthright with what that would mean would be Hell. Not getting what you deserve. Namely, hell. Where grace is the complement, or the other side of the coin, getting what you deserve, what you don't deserve. Namely, Christ and eternal life. We all know and we, we love the verse in Lamentations that talks about His mercies. It says that His mercies are new. What? Every morning, great is your what? Great is your faithfulness. That's right. And so we know that mercy, as, as Mary celebrates this, we know that mercy is needed every day. And Mary specifically says that mercy is for a unique type of person, a unique type of attitude or heart posture. She says that it is only for those who fear Him. That is... Only for those who understand what is coming their way. And they say, please, make it stop. They understand what could have come upon them, and so they hide in God for protection. And as a result, those who fear Him, Mary says, they, they orient their lives around Him. All decisions come under Him. They have a respect for Him or a fear. These are the people who believe in His name, who are committed to follow Him with their lives. 
And as a result, they get a life and an afterlife that they don't deserve. And that's the mercy of God. So just a quick application. I would say, friends, over the next week, in seven days it's Christmas, leading up to that, I'm sure that you'll probably meet with family. I'm sure that you'll um, exchange gifts with family, friends. Um, I'm sure that you'll probably eat some amazing cookies. Um, Like Mary, I think we can learn from this text, and I would encourage you to do so, to give God glory for his mercy in your life. You could say it like this. Things could have been a whole lot different. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Amen? Amen. Point number two. Mercy relieves us from some of our suffering. So remember, mercy is not getting what you deserve, namely hell. So anything that occurs in this life, we could use the the Dave Ramsey phrase, is better than what? That's right. It's better than I deserve, right? So let's watch the story of Elizabeth now. We hung out with Mary a little bit. Let's watch what happens with Elizabeth. Meet me in verse 57 of chapter 1. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Watch this now. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy. Isn't that interesting to her? And they rejoiced with her. Okay, so just picture the scene. You have this older woman, well past the years of childbearing. She had suffered many years, we'll say emotionally, from not being able to bear children. And now finally, this this seasoned woman gives birth to John. John the Baptist. No one thought it could happen but it just did. And so here they have this baby and the response, okay? The response of all these people that gather around, family and friends, is they rejoice. They're rejoicing. All right! Elizabeth gave birth. They got got a baby now. And the thing that they like uniquely say is that, look at God's mercy in this situation. Why do they choose that word? God has shown mercy to her. I think two reasons, okay? The first, that He's shown mercy to her because He's provided her with a special instance of mercy to get her through pain and suffering. Like their response was, whoa, that's the mercy of God. That old lady just gave birth to a baby. She could have, parentheses, she should have died. That's God's mercy. Right? That's not, whoa, look at the power of positive thinking. No? Or, whoa, it's probably because she took care of herself. No. Wow, look at the mercy of God. Now, at this church, if you're visiting with us, you know that we've talked a lot about the doctrine, the teachings of suffering. It's an important thing to discuss. We've learned that suffering is under God's control. He's sovereign over it. 
Uh, we learned when we studied Philippians that He grants us suffering, which is a strange and foreign and countercultural idea. He grants us suffering so that we would use it as a platform for evangelism. That we suffer so that other people could see how we're suffering and give glory to God. Our suffering is a platform for the gospel. But here we see this, this interesting opportunity. We see the story of Elizabeth that sometimes God lifts suffering a little bit. Remember, she, we all deserved hell. She didn't deserve to give birth to John. She didn't deserve to even be in the presence of her Lord when she saw Mary pregnant, right? And here we see that her friends and her family say it's the mercy of God that you even survived. Do you see, um, even in this discussion, do you see how this produces believers that are not actually complainers, but they're actually really grateful? These type of people, those who fear Him, and those who understand God's mercy, are always talking about it. They're always bringing up the fact that God is merciful to them. So that's the first one, is that he lifts suffering, and that's a merciful act. The second one, this is probably the clearest, is that they just had a baby, and that's merciful. God showed his mercy to Zechariah and Elizabeth by granting them a child. Which uh, rattles the cage of the definition that we just gave you, isn't it? That mercy is not getting something that you actually do deserve because Elizabeth gets this baby and they say, you got something, and they call it mercy. Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Children are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, catch this, ready? A reward. Children are a gift from God. He's showing his mercy when he gives people children. I think this is a wonderful part of the Christmas story to share with moms and dads around Christmas. So dads, when you're buying gifts for your kids and you look at your budget and you go, these kids are expensive. My word, what in the world? I think I might cancel Christmas, right? Remember this. God was merciful to you in giving you a child or multiple children, if you're into that. Praise God. And moms, ready? Moms, when you go in your closet, this is for the, mostly the younger moms um, to encourage you, and you're going through shirt by shirt by shirt, and there is always stains on your shoulders, like all of your shirts are, have gunk, have baby junk on them. And you're like, I just want a shirt. I just want clean clothes. Ladies, have you been there yet? Uh-huh. You could go this, like this. You go, Lord, thank you that you washed the stains of my sin away. <laughs> You've been so merciful to me. Thank you for my children. You've been so merciful. And I love my kids. And I'm going to love them well to 
today because you love me well through your son, Jesus. Does that set your, set your sights well for this week? The mercy of God. That's number two. Thank you, Lord, for his mercy. Number three, mercy sets us free to serve. So we hung out with Mary. Now we, we, we saw the neighbors and friends of Zechariah and Elizabeth go, oh, that God's merciful. They gave him a baby. And now we're going to see Zechariah and his way to communicate the mercy of God to us. Okay? So here's Zechariah's story. An important aspect of the Christian story. So Zechariah, he's in the temple. He gets a message from the Lord that they're going to have a child. And he goes, uh, I don't believe that. We're a little too old, right? And God says, you need to believe me. I'm going to do it. And because you don't, I'm going to take away your, your ability to speak. And watch this. I think God took his ability to hear. I, I haven't seen that yet. But watch in the scriptures, it says that the people, once, once Elizabeth said, ah, I've got a baby. His name is John. Everyone looked around and his family started throwing a fit. They're like, no, 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 that's not a family name. And Elizabeth's like, no, 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 we're going to name him John. Like, he's already named John. God named him John. We're following God. We're going to name him John. And they're like, well, why don't you name him? And Zechariah stands up and he writes on this board. But before, before that, the people are motioning to Zechariah, you know, like, why did they do that? I was thinking he could hear. He just couldn't. I think he took, God took away his ability to hear too. Or else why would they just be motioning? So they motioned to him. He comes. And he writes on the board, his name is John. Which in the original language, the emphasis is on John. The word order reads like this. John is his name. John, Zechariah is saying, I'm following God. This is not my decision. And so when he wrote that, it's this display of faith. John is his name. And at that moment, God gave him his ability to speak again and to hear again. And if you, if you read it like that, then you ask the question, I wonder what would his first words be out of his mouth? I wonder what he's going to speak of. And it, I hope that you could guess from the theme of this message. Okay, don't say it. Don't say it. But watch what he says and what he thinks we should do as a result. Okay, watch this. Here we go. Meet me in 72. Our mercy has a special purpose. To show, I'm reading it now, this is Zechariah's prophecy, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, here it is, might serve him without fear. Isn't that awesome, friends? So we are saved. God showed us his mercy, granted us salvation so that we might serve Him. 
Don't you love how service, Zechariah couches service in the context of mercy? So if you have been shown mercy, this grants you great purpose in how you can spend your days. Uh, Listen to this quote. Um, This quote um, will encourage you if your heart is growing cold towards service. uh, It'll be like fuel to stoke the fire if you are weary or tired or or cold in the area of service to the Lord. And hey, we all get there. That's why we need the gospel in our lives. Listen to this. Do you remember what it is like not to know Christ? To be without God and without hope? Do you remember how it feels to be guilty before God and unforgiven? Do you remember the terror of knowing you have offended God and that His anger burns towards you? Do you remember the horror of knowing you're only a heartbeat away from hell? Now, do you remember the experience of seeing Jesus Christ with the eyes of faith and understanding for the first time who He really is and what He has done in His life, death and resurrection? Do you remember the joy of your first awareness of forgiveness and deliverance from judgment and hell? Do you remember the initial incomparable realization of your assurance of heaven and eternal life? When the fire of service of God grows cold, consider the great things the Lord has done for you. Woo! What a quote, huh? My word. Does that fuel your fire? Well, if it doesn't, your wood must be wet. Listen to the closing of Zechariah in his prophecy. Okay, He talks about John the Baptist and his role. Let me just insert a quick little story though so that you can see what it means to receive mercy and serve as a result. Some of you know this, but my mom, my mom, her back is totally out right now. And she is on a walker and she's sitting down and she's rolling backwards in the kitchen. and think, It's totally out, okay? And one of uh, the women in her community group calls her up. It's a wonderful way to serve. Calls her up and doesn't say, hey, what do you need? Can I help? Well, just let me know. She goes like this. Ready? I'll be over Wednesday afternoon to clean your house. I know you can't do it. I want you to make some room for me. Put out the things. I'll be there at three. Right? And she cleaned my mom's whole house. Pretty awesome, huh? Uh, We would say in modern day vernacular, she gets it. She gets it. What does she get? She gets her salvation. She gets the mercy of God in her life. God has shown mercy for a specific purpose. And Zechariah is saying, He has saved you to serve Him. She gets it. I pray that we do too. Look at verse 76 with me. Here we go. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. This is Zechariah prophesying about his son. For you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the what? 
Isn't that awesome? Because of the tender mercy of our God. Whereby, and I love this part, the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. John's role, he was to tell us about Jesus. He's to prepare the way of the one who would come and bring us salvation, the forgiveness of our sins. And if we were to ask a question of this text, what was the great motivator of God in that whole process? The mercy of God. It's His very heart. It's the very center, the core of the Gospel. He wants to give it. Look at that verb in 77. It says, to give. You see it? Underline that. Circle it. That is the heart of Christmas. It's a time of giving because God gave His Son. And this is the greatest thing that God could ever give you. I was challenged. I, I wrote that. And I'm like, oh, that maybe might sound Christianese. And will, will that really land on people? That, that God's greatest gift to you is His Son, Jesus Christ? Or does that just fly by and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, all right. What are two examples that I could share with my church to like help them appreciate and love and really believe that? So here's one. Here's one. What if God, every morning when you woke up, deposited $10 million in your bank account? $10 million, okay? Every morning. And you could use it however you wanted. You think that that would solve some of your financial pinch right now, right? Yeah, you wouldn't have to like really budget. You'd be just fine financially. You wouldn't be pinching pennies at the grocery store and making comments like, man, chicken is up these days. My word. You'd go, it's okay. Tomorrow I'm getting 10 million more dollars. Okay. Every morning, drop it in your bank account, but he never saved you from your sin. He never showed mercy towards you. And you went to hell when you died. Would you take the $10 million every day? <sighs> right now, is it tempting? I'm telling you. I want to believe this with every like, fiber in my being. That God's greatest gift to you is not gold or silver or money or $10 million dollars. It's His Son, Jesus Christ. Alright, what about this? What about this? What if God gave you the most beautiful body in the whole entire world? In the history of all humanity. You had the best body. And that your face was the most beautiful face anyone has ever seen. It never aged. Not one wrinkle, not one flaw. Friends, what if your body never failed you? But upon your deathbed, the gates of hell are in front of you and God shuts them. And you're forever, for eternity, condemned to the burning fires of hell.
Would you take that bod? Would you want that face? Friends, money, looks, Jesus. The mercy of God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Mary proclaims it. She loves it. Zechariah and Elizabeth, their friends, their neighbors, they saw it. That's, that's, that's mercy. Zechariah prophesied about it. Mercy, mercy, mercy. And it's almost like God in chapter one puts the ball on the tee and gives us this wonderful setup for these words that we've cherished, that Brian and Kristen talked about, and that we all on Christmas morning open up and cherish his son, Jesus Christ, with these words. Let me read them for you. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world should be registered. One, 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 one. Mercy, mercy, mercy leads us right into chapter two. And a little bit further down, an angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Do you see how God could never give you anything greater than himself to you? Non-believer, if you have not believed in Jesus Christ yet, you need to know this. You don't have to go through life not experiencing the mercy of God. Does this interest you? <laughs> this does it? God's justice at the cross met his mercy where God poured out his wrath on his son, Jesus Christ, instead of you and me. We deserve that, but instead Jesus took it. That's, what we, that's why we call it the substitution. It's the substitutionary atonement. It was his He took it on instead of me. And this is a great gift of mercy, non-believer, that you must not just look at from a distance. You, you can't just nod your head at it and go, yeah, I, I, I like that. You must receive this as a gift. It's John 1.12, for as many as received him, to those who gave the right to become children of God. You can't just become a child of God by osmosis. You must receive the gift of mercy provided at the cross. If you want to receive that gift, this goes from young all the way to old. You can do that today. You can walk out of here being under God's mercy rather than against him. And believer, and there are many in here. I know you. I've sat with you. I've heard your heart. I see the Holy Spirit in you. Your call today on December 18th is to worship him because 
of his mercy in your life. Ephesians 2, but God, being rich in, because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. How do we know that God is rich in mercy? Christmas. Mercy. Mary, Zechariah and Elizabeth's neighbors, Zechariah, Jesus, chapter 2. Let's pray. Lord, we love that you are rich in mercy. You are so merciful to us. And so we praise you and we thank you and we sing to you now about your mercy. Thank you for withholding your wrath. We have so much, we have it so much better than we actually deserve. And so we thank you for your son. We thank you for um, our life, our very life and breath. We thank you for our children, for our spouse, for family, even though they're a little weird. We thank you for the food that is provided. We, we thank you for our cars and for... We, we, Lord, turn to you with grateful hearts. You have been merciful to us. Would you help us, Lord, serve you and respond to you in all aspects of life with this view in mind? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us? And let's sing together of his mercy.